Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests today, and we've got great ones all morning long on the Goodyear hotline. And if it sounds like there's a little extra enthusiasm in my voice, there is. And the reason is that in a half hour, among those guests will be my all-time favorite player in the history of sports, in the history of any sport, Joe Willie Namath, the legendary Namath. My mother would have left my father for Joe Namath. My father would have applauded her for doing it. That's how much we grew up loving Joe Namath in my house. He'll be live with us. Kurt Warner today looking ahead to the playoffs. The list, which we will do early today, is Heisman-focused. So all that and more, it's going to be fun. Here we go. Here we go! Only one place to start. And unfortunately, the one place to start is with heartbreak. I mean, just flat-out heartbreak. I've been doing this job a long time, and maybe you've been with me. If so, thank you for all the years that we have spent together. And if you have, you know that while I have been doing this job a long time, I still approach everything from the standpoint of being a fan. That's all I've ever been. All I've ever been is a fan of sports. I do this job because I grew up placing a disproportionate amount of significance on these games that people play. And I make no apologies for it whatsoever. And that will be the theme of this show going forward. And so I just have to look into the eyes, figuratively if possible, of all of the sports fans in Cleveland and just say, my heart goes out to you. I don't even know what to say. You wait 18 years for this to happen. You suffer through one of the worst, maybe the worst era of football that we've ever seen a franchise have. First, they take your franchise away. They move them to Baltimore. Then they come back. Then, for the most part, they have been a train wreck Ever since, mocked mercilessly and justifiably, they've been that bad. And now they finally get it together. They finally start looking like this is a team that you're going to be excited about for years to come. They finally get you back to the playoffs. And this is how it goes. This is devastating and demoralizing, I'm sure, for everyone involved. And But to me, again, the first place I think of is the fans. It is a devastating loss. And we are waiting on news now. If you were not with us on TV this morning, Jake Trotter covers the Browns for us. He will let us know immediately if any further positive tests should come back. Because I want to make sure it's clear where we stand right now. They will not change the time. This game will be played. They will not postpone this because of competitive disadvantage. The Browns will be at an enormous disadvantage because they'll be without their play caller. They'll be without Baker's guru in Kevin Stefanski. But they would not even change it if you get another little flurry of positive tests. If they're missing a handful of players, look, in Cleveland, you know it. You just played the Jets two weeks ago without any receivers. So this can happen. That will not postpone the game. The only thing that could postpone the game is if we get a situation like we had in Baltimore in November where the tests just keep rolling in positive today, tomorrow, Friday. If that continues to happen, then they will determine, the determination will be that it is not safe for them to congregate, that they are giving it to each other, that it is not safe for the players to be in the building and potentially not safe to come back together and play the game. So that is the only way the game gets postponed. Outside of that, this game is going on as scheduled. And I can't imagine a way this could have gone worse. You've been waiting your whole, you know, a generation and a half for this. And not only do you have to do it now without your coach and everything else, but you got to go into the house of your most hated rival who has just dominated you so terribly waving those towels 
in Pittsburgh on Sunday night. I can't imagine a way this could possibly go worse. Ryan Clark was talking about it with me this morning on Get Up. This is a huge impact. I don't know if there are five head coaches in the league who are more important to their team that Kevin Stefanski is. There hasn't been a Monday morning that Dan Orlowski, Rex Ryan, or I haven't come on this show and talked about how well Baker Mayfield played without tying it directly to Kevin Stefanski, his impact, his schematic mind, and also his play calling. This is a huge deal. This is worth points. And the Cleveland Browns have to figure out a way to bridge that gap without having their head coach and play caller there. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And, and the straight talk I'm going to give you to all of my friends in Cleveland is just very simply going back to something I said at the very beginning of the football season. Dan Graziano had said it to me. And so I shared it here, and I've come back to it a million times. In 2020, and I know we've changed the calendar to 2021 mercifully, but we are still living under the same rules. Fairness is not the priority. It's not the priority. So it's unfair. I'm granting that. I'm giving it to you before you say it. You don't have to say to me, Greenie, it's unfair. I know it's unfair. It's startlingly unfair. But it's life. In 2020, and the irony of this is that the Steelers were the team that felt aggrieved so much of the season. Their schedule got moved around, even though they didn't have the positive test. They didn't get a bye week. All those things that went wrong. Well, now it flips, and their their first postseason opponent winds up being the team in the worst position of all. So that's where we begin today. With my heart going out to the fans in Cleveland. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Meanwhile, and now. Without further ado, the 2020 winner of the Heisman Trophy is Devontae Smith of the University of Alabama. Well, that was exactly the right way for that to have gone last night. Congratulations to Devontae Smith, who everything you hear about him is that he's an even better kid than he is a player. And he's a brilliant player. But the dedication, the work ethic, you heard the speech last night. He's 175 pounds. He weighs less than I do. And he's the best player in college football, which he absolutely was this year. He deserved to win that. And it's sort of like in order to beat the champ, you got to knock out the champ. If you're going to beat a quarterback for that award, much less three of them, you've got to double them. You've, you've got to absolutely dominate them. And that is exactly what Devontae Smith did. So I couldn't be happier for him. And I think the situation now becomes very interesting. Where does it go from here? Devontae Smith is going to be a super high draft pick in the upcoming draft. Just how high? Is he a guy who gets reunited in the number three spot with his former college quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa, and the Dolphins? Or is he a guy who, despite winning this award, won't even be the first receiver drafted? There's a player who did not play this entire college football season. You want to call this sneaky big news? Sneaky big news. I'm more than willing to call it that, although if you've been paying attention and you remember that far back, it happened. But LSU has a receiver named Jamar Chase who opted out of this season. Last year, Justin Jefferson was not their number one receiver. Jamar Chase was. So Jamar Chase is going to be, I think, when we start having these conversations with the Mel's and the McShays and everybody else, I think that Chase is going to wind up being the first receiver to go off the board in the draft. Maybe that's tomorrow's story. 
Maybe today we should just say for congratulating Devontae Smith. What an extraordinary season he had, and he has a chance to put the cherry on the Sunday. I loved what he said yesterday. He said, I came back this year for two reasons, to get my degree and to win the championship. He said he checked off one of those boxes, and good for him. Now he gets a chance on Monday night to check off the other. The list today is a really good one. Joe Namath is coming up live in 20 minutes. But before we do that, we will do today's green list. I will tell you, in my opinion, and my opinion is the one that matters, who are the five greatest Heisman Trophy winners in the NFL? The five greatest pro careers of Heisman Trophy winners. The green list is coming up next. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You just really have to work it day in and day out and just believe in yourself. Winner of the Heisman Trophy. If don't nobody else believe you, you just have to believe in yourself. Devontae Smith of the University of Alabama. Doing Alabama proud. Devontae Smith wins the Heisman last night and I think made fans of us all. All of us have seen how great a player he is, but you see what a terrific Young man he is, and and Ryan Clark, who knows him since he was a little kid, was talking about it on TV with me this morning. So just couldn't be happier for him and wish him the very best going ahead to Monday night and then on to the championship. And so they are going on to the draft, I should say, after Monday night. And we will have Joe Namath, as I mentioned, to talk about Alabama proud Joe Namath live in 15 minutes here on ESPN Radio. But one of the things that we are going to bring to you every single day here is a list. We call it the Green List And every day I will pick a list of the top five, this, that, or the other. Most days it will be sports related. Some days it will not. But today it very much is. Today's green list is... The list is what determines who matters in this business. The green list. Today's green list is the list of the five greatest NFL players who won the Heisman. If you're as old as I am, you remember a time when the Heisman was considered a jinx. Almost no great NFL players won the Heisman. In fact, you go back over the quarterbacks. This used to be a running back award. Now it's almost exclusively a quarterback award. You go back over the quarterbacks. I went over the whole list yesterday to put the list together. It is really remarkable how few great quarterbacks, NFL quarterbacks, wound up winning the Heisman Trophy. So here we go with today's green list. Number five. At number five, I'm going with Bo Jackson. And I will tell you right now, I contemplated putting him number one because I thought it would have been the most interesting. And I just couldn't bring myself to do it because his career just didn't have anywhere near the longevity. But I will tell you, I will look you square in the eye and tell you, if Bo Jackson had remained healthy, he would be someone we talk about today the way we talk about any great running back in NFL history. He was that great. He was an all-star baseball player. 
He was an All-American track star and everything else. He's, he's as great an athlete, probably, all things considered, as our country has produced in the last half century. But when you gave him the football in college and then in the NFL, it was extraordinary to watch. The combination of power and speed is something that I don't think I've ever seen in anyone else. Now, he suffered the debilitating hip injury. I wound up covering him as a baseball player playing with an artificial hip with the White Sox in the 90s. But that's not the Bo Jackson we're talking about. Bo Jackson at his apex was as good a running back as I've ever seen. Again, I toyed with putting him at number one. He is number five today on the green list. Number four. At number four, I'll go with Earl Campbell, who was, if, if you're old enough to have watched Earl Campbell in the 70s, that guy was extraordinary. He was an entirely different kind of player. He was Derrick Henry before Derrick Henry, but I think he was even more powerful. At a time when almost no running backs were built like defensive tackles, Earl Campbell was built like a defensive tackle. And there was something about watching Earl Campbell run with the football, guys grabbing onto his jersey and holding on for dear life. Earl Campbell had a degree of power to go with his athleticism, unlike any running back I've ever seen. Earl Campbell was an all-time great, and I would put him number four on my list today of the greatest pros to win the Heisman. Number three. Number three is the only quarterback I have on the list, and that's Roger Staubach. I really thought about where to put Staubach on this list because he was an all-time great. Staubach won the Heisman at Navy, served his five-year commitment, came to the Dallas Cowboys, shared the starting job for a long time, or at least for a period of time, with Craig Morton when he first got there on those great Landry Cowboy teams and then became the quarterback of America's team, a team that probably did as much to popularize pro football in the way that it has become today as any team in NFL history. There was nothing like the Cowboys in the 70s. I mean, Cuter grew up in New York, and everyone around you, everyone including me, had a strong opinion on the Cowboys. You loved your team, and then you either loved or hated the Cowboys. And in all honesty, to this day, if you grow up outside of Dallas, and you're my age and you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, I question you. I look at you a tad askance. How in the world, like, Bubba, perfect example. My, my, my board operator, my the disheveled board operator, hashtag Bubba, Brendan Peregrine. Bubba, you grew up where? Right here in Connecticut. And you are a Dallas Cowboys fan because? My dad is a fan. And he grew up where? In New Jersey. <laughs> this isn't going well for you, Bubba. This deposition is not going in the direction that you wanted to. But I've sidetracked myself. Staubach was awesome. My Stauback. dad was a Staubach fan. That's the reason why. He loves Staubach. Then I'll give you that. He was a great player. I think he is sometimes underappreciated when they talk about the great quarterbacks of all time. But the rivalry between Staubach and the NFC and Bradshaw and the AFC, look, the, the football in the 70s was something unlike anything else. No sport has ever been what pro football was in the 70s. If you're not old enough to remember it, I don't know how to explain it to you. And Roger Staubach was right in the middle of it, and he was a great player. Roger the Dodger, they called him because of his running ability. He was an all-time great. He's number three on today's green list of the top five NFL players who won the Heisman. Number two. Number two is O.J. Simpson. Now, it is very difficult to say the name O.J. Simpson right now and only think of him as a football player. I fully understand that. But if you watched O.J. Simpson, I've said this before and I will defend it. And this was at a time when running backs didn't generally catch passes and all that kind of stuff. As far as just pure hand it off and let him run, I've never seen anyone better than O.J. Simpson. Not anyone. No one was flat better 
I'm not saying he's the best because there are others who go in that conversation. But no one was flat better. I just give him the ball and let him run. O.J. Simpson was poetry in motion. He was a beautiful player to watch. He, he ran as gracefully. I mean, he became a megastar. Look, you don't need me to tell you all the, the story of O.J. Simpson. But he was an extraordinary football player. And he is number two on the green list today of the greatest NFL players to have won the Heisman. I assume you know who number one is going to be. I'm looking at Brandon, stage manager extraordinaire. You know who it's going to be? I am not. Number one. <laughs> he just, you couldn't hear him. He asked, are you going to say Desmond Howard? <laughs> no, although Desmond did win Super Bowl MVP, and he is our colleague, and he's a great guy, and he was on TV with me this morning. But number one is Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders is the greatest NFL player to have won the Heisman Trophy. Barry Sanders, if he had not retired prematurely, would be the all-time leading rusher in NFL history. Barry Sanders made more people look bad than anyone I've ever seen. I worked with Mike, obviously, all those years. He would tell a great story about how his brother Bob once got embarrassed by Barry Sanders twice on the same play. That he chased Barry Sanders to one side of the field. Barry juked him till he fell down. Then he's working his way around. Bob got up, ran back after him again, and got juked till he fell down a second time. Twice in one play. Barry Sanders was extraordinary to watch. And on the list of players that I would have paid the price of admission to go watch play in my lifetime, I would put him top five. He'd be top five on that list and he is number one on the green list today. So that is the official green list for this day. The five best Heisman Trophy winners in the National Football League. Number five, Bo Jackson. Number four, Earl Campbell. Number three, Roger Staubach. Number two, O.J. Simpson. And number one is Barry Sanders. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explorer is changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. I'd love you to suggest you can tweet at us. The hashtag Greeny is a simple way to do it. Just tweet and use the hashtag Greeny with a Y, and we'll see them. Staff will check those. And if you have suggestions on lists you'd like us to do, we're going to do one every day. I'll give you a top five list every single day here on ESPN Radio. So if you'd like to suggest a list you would like to hear us do, it could be inside sports or outside. I already have some comedy movie lists ideas in mind to do. Let us know. Make some suggestions and we will pay attention to those. But coming up next, my favorite athlete that ever played any sport ever in the history of anything. The great Joe Namath is live next with me. Oh, there he is. Joe is ready to go and he's got the he's repping Alabama already. He's excited and so am I. He's with me live next on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. They're very proud in Alabama today. This is Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, because one of their football stars won the Heisman last night, and their football team might win the national championship on Monday. And the greatest legend that university ever produced joins me now, live on the Goodyear Hotline, the one, the only, the great, Joe Willie Namath, is with me on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Joe. How you been? I've been well, thank you, Granny Michael, and uh, how about you and the family? I'm great. Everyone is great. Thank you. I'm going to tell a quick story about that a little bit later. But let, let's start with Devontae. Let, let's start with, you know, one of the young stars from your beloved program winning the Heisman last night. What was your reaction? I, I was so thrilled. So thrilled. Uh, we love Devontae. And uh, to hear his acceptance speech was uh, so nice, man. He is such a humble young man. And uh a great player. And I liked what he had to say about the, the children, you know, that are a little bit thin maybe or they're not built up yet, you know, and uh, keep dreaming about what you want to do and keep going after it. You can make it happen. I just think he's wonderful. Me too. I don't know how many Heisman Trophy winners weigh less than I do, but he's he may be the first. He weighs, <laughs> he weighs 175 pounds. Uh, you know, Joe, I want to read you something because I, I, I want to talk to you about Alabama and then we'll get to the Jets a little bit too. But as, as Nick Saban prepares for the national championship game on Monday, I found this tweet from Field Yates. Saban is in his 14th season at Alabama. He's won five national championships with a shot at a sixth. He's won nine SEC championships. He's had 33 players drafted in the first round with more coming in April. And he's now had 12 assistants hired as Division I head coaches around college football. How would you describe what Nick Saban has done at Alabama? Well, uh, I think he missed out on a couple other national championships. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit <laughs> <laughs> describe how Nick's done. Of course, uh, I was talking with my family the other day, and he is going to be, and he is, one of the all-time greatest coaches in the history of the game. Not necessarily just because he's won these championships, but the way he's been preparing these guys for life. That's one of his uh, selling points when he goes to recruit with the parents and practicing the best against the best. You know, these athletes want to practice against the best, too. Uh, Nick's been wonderful at that. He's had a lot of help with his assistants, but it does start with Nick. Every time I have him on, I, I, I pride myself on an ability to get him to laugh. Every now and again, I can make him laugh because he's so <laughs> stern. Does he, does he, when, when you're around him and, and it's just the two of you, does he let his hair down? Is he funny? Uh, yes, he's got a very uh, sense, a good sense of humor. You know, he has a thought process, too. He digests everything you have to say or someone has to say. He's not a quick reaction guy uh, unless uh, maybe he's expecting something, you know. But he has a good sense of humor. Uh, he's got work on his mind all the time, though, man. The great Joe Namath is with me here on ESPN Radio. And, and you know, he now joins Bear Bryant, the great Bear Bryant, who was your coach and your mentor 
as these Alabama legends. And I do a feature here on the new show called Tell Me a Story. And, and I, I remember watching you get inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and you teared up talking about what Bear Bryant meant to your life. So t- tell me a story about Bear Bryant and what he meant to you as a young man. Wow. It, it's uh, almost, uh, it is difficult just to pick one story. Uh, he did uh, so many good things, said so many good things for all of us uh, as players at Alabama. One of the first things in our first meeting uh, with the freshman class, class, uh, he said, "I'm going to teach y'all how to keep from beating yourselves." Mm. And I said, "What is he? What's he talking about? That sounds like playing scared or something, thinking negative." But he was talking about preparation, of course, not lining up offsides, you know, not throwing it to the wrong guy and all. But uh, Coach Brian, I grew to respect. I was a, a sophomore. I had lettered my sophomore year, and they have a tradition at Alabama. You join the letterman's club uh, after you earn a letter. So I earned my letter, but I wasn't going through the letterman's club because they hit you with 36-inch long slats, (laughs) for one thing, on your bottom. And you had to do a lot of things uh, on campus, like wear coveralls, and they throw water on you, throw you in the swimming pool. So I wasn't going through it. And uh, Coach Bryant called me over to the office one day and said, come on, Joe, I want to take a ride with you, uh, take a ride with me. So I got in the car with him, and he pulls out of the coach's office, and we're moving along. He's quiet. Then finally he says, I, I hear you're not going to a club. I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, that's right. He said, well, why not? And I said, well, Coach, uh, uh, I earned the letter. You gave me a letter. I earned the letter. And I just don't believe in what they do uh, with those slats and making you do all those things going through initiation. He said, well, Joe, he said, yeah, that, that's just tradition. I said, yeah, well, tradition, but I do. Oh, and they shave your head, too, Mike. I mm. mean, you, you're bald, too. Mm-hmm. They do that. They shave your head. And I said, well, Coach, I, I just don't want to go through that. Uh, uh, he said, well, Joe, uh, you know you can never be a captain in Alabama unless you're in the A club. I said, sir, that's all right with me. And he was <laughs> quiet. And then he just let it out. Well, I want you to. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you did it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Yes, sir. And Billy Battle, uh, who was our athletic director uh, uh, several years there at Alabama, was the president of A Club, and he took me through it. He gave me a couple of good whacks on my bottom, too, boy. <laughs> but uh, I think all of us, uh, I pretty well know all of us that finished with Coach Bryant would do anything he asked us to do. Uh, we respected him that much. The great Joe Namath is with me talking about Alabama, your beloved college program that has done so well. And then that brings us to your beloved NFL program, which has obviously done a little bit less well, um, to say the least, which would be the New York Jets. What, what, what do you, I'll just give you the floor here. What do you want to see them do? What, what would you, the Jets need a coach and they need to make quarterback decisions. If they were to consult with you, Joe, what would you like to see them do? Well, first, Greeny, uh, we're both uh, Jet guys, right? I got my green jacket. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And it's partially in your honor, too. Uh, thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're still with them. We're still with them no matter what. And uh, the fans have been with us for a long time, man, no matter what. So uh, 
what would I do? Uh, this, this this is going to go down on Joe Douglas right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm curious to see how Joe does. He has a tremendous challenge because we need uh, additional players, certainly. Some changes there. He's got to pick a coaching staff. And uh, I don't follow the game as closely as one should that uh, knows all the coaches that are available. So uh, we've got to put our trust in Joe Douglas. Uh, and and uh, he's done some good things player personnel-wise since he's been there. He's only been there that short amount of time. So uh, we'll just have to see uh, and hope for the picks. Now, you know yourself, Sam Darnold's uh, – uh, part of that equation mm-hmm. too, and uh, what do you do with Sam Darnold? Um, Greeny, it's such a team game. I look over at Philadelphia and see Wentz getting beaten up over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's such a team game, man. That uh, it, 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 you want to give a guy a, a longer rope, but Darnold's been there three years, and I would not be shocked if they went on from Sam. I like Sam personally. Uh, I, I don't think he's as gifted a pastor as uh, we saw in college. Even the accuracy has been off. The escapability is pretty good, but Sam hasn't been playing uh, with a quality team uh, a front. So uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Sam. I wouldn't be surprised, like I say, if they did uh, uh, do something else and take another quarterback with a high draft choice uh, and so I, I just don't know yeah no that's what I expect them to do too and 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 I think it'd probably be best for Darnold to get a fresh start somewhere else Joe I have to run a very happy new year to you and your family it's always such a pleasure to see you we'll catch up again soon and good luck Monday night Thank you, Greeny, and Roll Tide. <laughs> roll Tide, the great Joe Namath. Thank you, Joe. Joe Namath with me here on ESPN Radio. Coming up in just, oh, Joe is with me on the Goodyear hotline. Goodyear helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. Um, I will tell you my favorite Joe Namath story coming up in a minute, and it has nothing to do with him as a player, nothing whatsoever to do with anything he ever did on a field. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, we continue Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. And as always, streaming on ESPN+. Plus. Kurt Warner coming up in our next hour. Lots of great stuff working today, including the very latest from Cleveland, where it is precarious for their playoff game and the latest from Philly, where the issues continue to reverberate through their locker room. But first, I really want to tell you this story. Just going to sit back and have a little story time. Tell me a story. So if you're just joining me, we just had Joe Namath on, and I, I opened the show today by saying he's my favorite player in the history of any sport, which he is, and will always be, no matter what else ever happens. And I jokingly said that my mother would have left my father for Joe, and my father would have applauded her for doing that. I've told that story in front of him a million times, and he always laughs. But I want to tell you my favorite Joe Namath story, which has nothing to do with his play. So I developed my sports fandom, 
which has basically driven my entire professional life and every professional decision I've made, I guess, ever, from not just my father, but both of my parents. Both of my parents are passionate sports fans, my mom to this day, and very knowledgeable. Um, and my dad as well, my dad is where I get most of my lunacy from when it comes to the sports. Anyway, my father died in January of 2016. And, and of course, it was an extremely sad and challenging time for us all. That summer, Joe Namath's uh, people, the people from his foundation, he does a golf outing every single year out on Long Island for the March of Dimes and to benefit the March of Dimes. And they reached out to me and asked if I would emcee his event which I was excited to do. And I asked if I could bring my mother with me, and they said yes. And somehow the word got to Joe that my mom was going to be with me and that my father had died. And so what they did was, unbeknownst to me, I did not know this was going to happen until we got there and we were brought to the table at which we would be seated. But we sat that night. I was sitting here, just envision this, to my right, is my mother, and to her right is Joe Namath. She sat next to Joe at his event. Right, this, we have the, the ultimate who's who of sports celebrities. I mean, basically anyone who was ever anyone in New York sports for the last 50 years is there. And they seated my mom next to Joe. And he sat there and talked with her the entire night. And I've got great pictures of it. And I can tell you it was the best day she had that year, by far. And I'll never forget that. And that was something he by no means had to do. But I have always appreciated it, and I always will, and so will she. She's got those pictures, and she was showing them to all her friends. Joe Namath hugging her, giving her a little kiss on the cheek, and she's showing everybody, and, uh, and still does. So that's my favorite Joe Namath story. It has nothing to do with winning Super Bowl three or guaranteeing anything or white shoes or fur coats or anything else. But when the chips are down, he's just a damn good guy. So I just wanted to tell you that story, um, and it will always be my favorite story about my favorite player. Okay, we continue here. Greeny with you. Greeny Insists is brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. And what I insist we do today is talk about a season that is going to be forgotten. Deshaun Watson, the quarterback of the Houston Texans, the reason that I have told you that the Texans are actually the best Coaching vacancy, despite all of the things they don't have, despite all the money they don't have and the draft picks they don't have, they are the best coaching vacancy because they have him, and he is that special. Deshaun Watson just completed the greatest season that will be forgotten, maybe ever. Deshaun Watson accounted for 88% of his team's offense this year, 88% of the yards the Houston Texans gained on offense this year were accounted for by Deshaun Watson. That is the most for any quarterback on any team in NFL history. But that is not the point. You're wondering yourself, just how good was this season? Deshaun Watson completed 70% of his passes on nearly nine yards per attempt. I will now read you the comprehensive list of all the other quarterbacks who've ever done that in a season in NFL history. Joe Montana in 1989, and I'm now done. That's it. Only Joe Montana in 1989, a year in which the 49ers went 14-2 and and won the Super Bowl, ever completed 70% of his passes on nine yards per attempt. 
That team went 14 and 2. Houston just went 4 and 12. It's impossible to imagine that they were as bad as they were considering how good he is. But he is that good. So this is not to in any way question how good Justin Herbert is. Maybe he's going to be that level of good. It's not to question how good Trevor Lawrence is going to be. Maybe he's going to be that level of good. So maybe Jacksonville will become that attractive of an opening. Maybe the Chargers are that attractive of an opening. And I get that both places have cap space and draft picks that the Texans don't have. But if it's me, and so long as ownership looks me in the eye and says, I'm not firing you after one season, no matter what happens, and I'm going to get my one shot to be an NFL head coach, which no one has ever guaranteed a second, I'm hitching my wagon to that horse. I'm attaching myself to Deshaun. Because when Dabo Sweeney said, this guy's Michael Jordan, and we all kind of scoffed at it, we weren't, he wasn't wrong. And I'm here to tell you right now that if you're starting an NFL team with any young quarterback in the sport, take Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and guys like that out of the question. If you're starting a quarterback with a team with any young quarterback in the sport right now, it would go, in my opinion, Patrick Mahomes won, Deshaun Watson 1A. I don't even think he's that big a step down. Josh Allen is probably third. I didn't think it through beyond that. But I believe that what Watson has accomplished in overcoming what can only be described and is now evident for everyone to see as the total organizational dysfunction and failure of his franchise and have had the success he's had and had that team in the playoffs basically every year he's been healthy until this one makes you wonder what might Deshaun Watson have been if Andy Reid had drafted him and he was working in that organization and he was throwing it to Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey and the endless cavalcade of other superstars that that team has with the great coaching that Andy Reid, the ultimate quarterback guru, has given and Eric Bieniemy, who is going to parlay his great offensive coaching into a head coaching job at some point probably in the next day or two. So to me, I don't know just how far away from being as good as any quarterback in the sport Deshaun Watson actually is. And if I have my choice, I'm coaching that guy. Kurt Warner on our next hour. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast.